Good morning. Uh, on Tuesday, October 4th, 2020, Aaron Judge hit home run number 62 of the season. That homer broke the American League single season record. Now, I don't watch baseball. I, I don't root for the Yankees. I can't talk stats with you. But when someone does something that incredible, it kind of gets our attention, doesn't it? This is the result of hours of work combined with a unique, one-of-a-kind gift, a natural ability. And the result is something remarkable. Imagine, imagine all the people that process. Imagine all the people that, that had to help Aaron Judge realize that gift. Imagine all the work that had to go towards that particular moment, that swing. It's awesome. It's a beautiful sight to see when you see it. What about you? What are, what are you working towards? What is, what is your giftedness? What is your thing? What is that thing that you were born to do. I think we all want to know, oh, what is that thing? We all want to have that, that sense of our purpose. Yes, I am doing what I was made to do. I am doing what I was born to do. Now, this summer, I had the chance to meet a man named Bill Hendricks. He works at the Giftedness Center in Dallas, Texas, and he helps people answer this question. What should I do with my life? What should I do with my life? That's a huge question. That is a massive, massive question. But his approach is to come at it from the angle of giftedness. What are those deep-seated motivations that are hardwired into you, that make you you, that make you unique? It turns out that discovering giftedness is a big part of discovering our purpose. Giftedness is that God-given internal motivation that's built in, that's crafted, I would say, into you by God. To help us understand what, we were, what we're here for, we need to start discovering, developing, and deploying our gifts. This morning, I just want to look at that first part of the process. What does it look like to discover our giftedness, because that opens up the rest of the process. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 27, and this is where Paul gets at the importance of giftedness. This is one of the places. He talks about gifts in other places as well, which is good to note, but 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 27, and Paul launches in to this discussion about gifts. Thousands of years ago, he wanted to make sure the church planted in Corinth didn't miss their gifts. And the message ring true, rings true for us today because our giftedness has a place and a purpose that needs to be expressed in the church, in this body, and as the church, as we go out. Look at what Paul says in verse 27, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. 
Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, uh, uh, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. See, I want to propose that discovering your giftedness matters because each unique one of us has a part to play that impacts all of us. Your unique giftedness matters, so we've got to pay attention to to that. We've got to do what we can to discover it. Look at what Paul says at the beginning here. He says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Paul acknowledges individuals as unique and distinct while at the same time pointing to their connectedness to something bigger. Connectedness to the body of Christ under the lordship of Jesus. The picture we get is many, many diverse gifts united under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, each one of us is made, handcrafted by God in his image. We all have that. But in his workmanship, he's made us each unique. He's made us each specifically and intentionally with a purpose. Now, the spiritual uh, gifts list that we have that, that, that he goes through, it seems kind of random. It seems kind of like, well, these, these things aren't even in the same category. We're, first, we're talking about roles. Next, we're talking about specific gifts. I don't think Paul is just giving us, I don't think Paul is giving us an exhaustive list like, here's all the gifts. He's just saying, here's some of the gifts. Here's some of the ways that, that they may play out. Because the possibilities are endless. Once you start looking at you, once you start looking at the very unique and specific way that you're made, you understand that this couldn't possibly be a full list. But he gives us this list to say, look, there isn't, there isn't a rank here. I'm not ranking gifts. I'm not saying this gift is more important than that one or this one is more significant than that one. They all matter in the functioning and the effectiveness of the body especially because they're different, especially because they're varied. But then we get into this tricky phrase, desire or seek the greater gifts. Now, you might push back immediately and be like, well, I thought you just said we weren't ranking them. Now he's talking about some, some gifts are greater. I think Paul is talking right now about how the gifts get used. I think he's saying, look, use, seek after the gifts that benefit others without the need for interpretation. See, the Corinthians, the church in Corinth, was elevating the gift of speaking in tongues. Well, the problem with that is you not only need the person speaking in tongues, but you need somebody to interpret that gift. Paul's saying seek after those gifts that need no interpretation, that people just 
understand and intuitively get. I think that's really, really important. And Paul is saying to the church in Corinth, and I think to us, don't elevate certain gifts above others. Don't act as if this spiritual gift is, uh, somehow makes you more spiritual than someone else. He says, you're missing the point of the gifts. Your giftedness to be used to, not to elevate yourself, not to elevate individuals or little groups or pockets of people, but to build up the body for the sake of blessing others and contributing to society. We're not meant to just live in a bubble as a, as a beautifully functioning body. We're meant to go out and do. The, the assumption is that all of this talk about the body working together and all of its parts coming together is suggesting action, is suggesting movement outward. Then Paul drops this intriguing phrase right at the end. And I will show you the most excellent way. I love that. I will show you the most excellent way. What, what is that? What, it, what is that most excellent way? I mean, this is yet another clue that these gifts are meant for action. These gifts are meant to be used and displayed and expressed Once we've discovered our gifts, once we've discovered what makes us, us, <laughs> we have to make a decision. Are we going to develop those gifts? Are we going to deploy those gifts? Or are we going to just be satisfied knowing how we're wired up and how we're made? The reality is, whether you accept it or not, you are uniquely gifted. And when you discover that purpose, you can get greater clarity around your life, and life starts to become fun because you're moving towards your purpose. You're moving towards your design. However, if you really want to experience the life that is abundant and full, as Jesus talks about in John 10.10, the abundant life, you've got to hear what Paul is saying and go the most excellent way, the way of Jesus, the way of of love. Because here's the hard truth. We're all gifted, but we're all flawed. None of us is perfect, and none of us is the full, complete expression of God. Even together, even when our giftedness comes together and we see little pieces of who God is that has been designed and hardwired into us, gaining their full expression, we still don't reach the full expression of who God is. But for some reason, he has invited us into the process. For some reason, he's invited each one of us with our specific gifts to come together and be a part of his big plan of redemption. To redeem what's broken. To help find what's lost. And we have the opportunity to live on purpose intentionally using our gifts in Jesus, compelled by his spirit 
in order to know him and to make him known. In Christ, the gifts get clarified and infused with the power and authority of Jesus and his spirit. And they get focused on purpose for an eternal purpose. When we get intentional about our God-given gifts and submit them to Jesus, we stop being consumers of church and start being servants as the church. That's a big deal. So we need to be on a discovery to figure out our giftedness. But how do we do it? We need to be on this journey of discovery because uh, what if we're trying to be a tongue when we're supposed to be a foot or we're trying to be a teacher when we're made to be a helper? We've got to push beyond those categories that Paul lays out and say, what is it specifically that I am made to do? To get better at those things that bring joy to us and a smile to God's face. Picture that when you're at your best, that's the moment that God is smiling biggest because he's seeing you living out your intended design. That's incredible. So how do we do it? How do we discover, how do we discover our gifts? I want to I say it is one question with two parts. That's what I want to give you this morning. I want you to ask this to yourself and maybe start telling your story and sharing this with other people too and see what they think. What do I do well and enjoy doing? What do I do well and enjoy doing? It's important that you get both of those because <laughs> you can do something really well and get zero satisfaction out of it. There are plenty of people that are just doing and they're good at what they do, but it brings no joy to, to them or to even the people around them, really. The inverse is true as well. You could really enjoy something and be terrible at it. Like, you could really enjoy singing in the shower, but you really need to keep it there because you're no good at it, you know? So, and, you know, it, it's a gift to people when you, you can gently and kindly tell them that they're not good at something to avoid that embarrassment in the future. I mean, that is a gift too. But we've got to know our gifts. We've got to know our gifts. And we have to help people discover theirs as well. So I want to say you've got to start telling your story. And I'm not saying broadcast your story. I'm not saying tell everybody that you, you come across, oh, here's the ins and outs of my story and this is what makes me me. No, find somebody that you trust. Maybe it's one individual. Maybe it's a small group. Find somebody that you can share your story with and share these kinds of stories, the stories that point to what you're good at and what you enjoy. Well, don't uh, jump immediately to conclusions either. Like, let the stories play out. Let, let, let your ob observational capacities work. Let, just watch what, what is revealed as you hear your own story and you listen to somebody else's. So my, my first experience with academic success in school was in the art classroom. 
for me, that was the only place I felt safe. That was the only place I felt like I had any, uh, any uh, gifts at all. And one day, I had this distinct memory. The assignment was given, and we were asked to open up a book or a magazine, find a picture of a boat, and start drawing. Let me tell you, I was 100% in immediately. I was fully immersed in this assignment. As the pencil started moving across the page and this boat started to come uh, alive on the page, it started to kind of get built out from, from the beginning, some, some little sketch marks, and then I start, at one moment, I kind of paused because I realized that there was whispering and nudging. Other students around the room were starting to pay attention to what I was doing. I heard, whoa, that's, that's incredible. Students started gathering. They left their tables to gather around this little pencil drawing that I was working on. I said, what? I wish I could do that. How did you do that? Have you ever heard those phrases about something that you've done? It's an incredible feeling. It points to a natural giftedness because I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't thinking that it was anything unique or special. I was just doing it. Fast forward to high school, I was thriving in the art classroom still. I recognized that was a space where I felt alive and where I was at my best. And I remember having a conversation with my mom. She said, look, Kevin, in order to graduate, you're going to have to uh, rearrange your elective schedule a little bit. You're going to have to take art out of the schedule and put in a language. What? You're telling me I've got to take art out of my schedule and put in French? I broke down immediately. Just ugly cry tears like it was bad. Because I knew that something about art and that creative expression was where I belonged and it was where I was at my best. Not in the French classroom. No matter how hard I tried, I was not going to learn that language. And even if I did learn that language, I don't know that I would have found the same level of joy that I found in the art classroom. And that's a big, big deal. Now later I would go on, go to college for art, and then graduate and become a teacher of, guess what? Art. Do you see the pattern? Do you see the progression? Do you see how, the, how giftedness has, has played in and worked its way in? There's no way to avoid it. Now, I'm not actively creating art. I'm not an art teacher right now, but knowing that giftedness is there, knowing that about myself has impacted the way I lead, has impacted the way I interact with other people. It has helped shape some of the decisions that I've made. Imagine the gift that it would be to help somebody see their giftedness. If not for you, maybe you've already arrived. Maybe you've already discovered your giftedness. You already, you're already have that developed. You're already deploying that gift, gift in, in the world. You're already con contributing in that way. What if now you redeployed that giftedness and helped somebody else discover theirs? Whoa. That would be incredible. Now, here's some more specific questions to ask along the way, because this is general. This is a great place to start. 
But when you're looking for patterns, when you're, look, when you're observing someone else's life and trying to speak into that, here's some things that you can look for. Look for abilities and ask this question, what strengths incline you toward certain things? What are you just naturally good at? What do you, what do you just do without giving much thought to it? It just happens. Take a look at subject matter. What do you keep working on or moving towards? Maybe that's uh, animals, rockets, theater, math, accounting, cross country, and on and on and on, whatever it is. And one of my sons just is always gravitating towards animals and insects or any kind of wildlife. Picking up sn snakes, getting a real close uh, up, up personal look at in insects of any kind. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm just observing, right? I'm not jumping to conclusions. I'm just observing like, oh, that's interesting. He just went and picked up that snake. I wouldn't have done that. Next, look for circumstances. What are the ideal conditions for you to be at your best? What, what, what's the soil that when you're planted in it, you flourish? What are the environments? Are they very structured and predictable? Or are they chaotic and just you love that, that sense of having to think on your toes and like make a quick decision fast? What is it for you? Role, what's the natural part that you play when you're on a team or when you're working with a group of people? Are you the cheerleader? Are you the natural leader that just starts calling the shots? Are you the, the referee? Are you, what, what role do you play just naturally? What happens? And then satisfaction. This is the key. What energizes you? This is the... What brings satisfaction and joy to you, part of the question. It's that internal motivation. It's that motivation that's built in. This is, I'm not talking about external motivations because external motivations are there too. What we're focusing on, what is God built into you? An external motivation could be money, it could be fame, it could be fortune, it could be a big house, it could be whatever. Not terrible things, but those are external motivation, motivators, external motivations. It's once, you've, once you've gotten down and drilled down to that internal motivation, then you're getting somewhere. You're getting somewhere significant. Then you've got to develop that. You've got to do the work to develop that and deploy that. And I want to say that there are so many contexts that you can discover your giftedness, that you can, you can develop that and deploy those gifts. And you have to be doing something. Like you, you can't just know your gift and be like, okay, good, I, I got my gift. Now I'm just going to sit here. You actually got to do it. That, that's how people see it. That's how people interact with it. That's how people understand it. That's how people see an expression of God through you. Observation and discovery can be happening as we're serving as connect group leaders, mentoring a young adult, caring for our kids and students, 
engaging with the Together Initiative, connecting as a coach, advocate, musician, artist, counselor, craftsman, builder, and on and on and on, whatever it is for you. In fact, <laughs> Peckway Valley High School is just launching a program this year that's connecting all their 10th graders with uh, a mentor group so that they get to interact with a mentor who's already been there and done that, who's in the field. To talk about what? To talk about their giftedness. To talk about what makes them them. What are they truly interested in and motivated towards? From the school's perspective, they're interested in career, career path. But I think it goes way beyond that. I think they're onto something way more significant. This is so much more than finding a career. This is about discovering God-given gifts that have the potential to advance his kingdom and transform the world. That's significant. Now, no one wins when we misuse our gifts, when they're misunderstood or unused. Either nothing gets done or damage gets done. If we desire to be something that we're not, and we go full force after that, we run the risk of doing more damage than good. If you're created and made to be a chainsaw, you got to go find some trees to cut down. But until you find that tree, you're just cutting stuff down. You know, you're just causing destruction. So you got to know what your gift is. And you got to know where to direct that, too. If we miss our gifts, we run the risk of trying to live somebody else's life. Settling for something that doesn't bring us joy. It doesn't bring delight to God. We miss our gift. We run the risk of failing to deploy and redeploy our gifts. What I mean by redeploy is, like I said before, maybe you've already, you've already uh, spent time discovering your gifts. You've already developed it. And you're ready to retire. <laughs> what, what if... What if I could just insert another thought in that process? What if instead of retiring, you decided to redeploy your gift? Help someone else discover theirs. And continue to lean into that space. Because we need your gift. We all do. We all need your gift of whatever it is, you fill in the blank. So there's inherent value to our giftedness. When we use it, it's a gift to everyone around us. It's like witnessing the beauty and power of that incredibly timed, perfectly, uh, perfectly balanced baseball swing. But it goes beyond baseball swings. As Bill Hendricks says, when we're expressing our gifts, we get to see 
a finite sliver of an infinite God. What an incredible reality that is. When we're using our gifts, we're expressing a finite sliver of an infinite God. The world gets a taste of God's glory and wonder. When our giftedness comes together, as flawed as it is, with other people's gifts, gifts get discovered and sharpened in the context of relationship that's motivated by a common denominator of love. When the church comes together, complementary strengths get amplified and the world gets a taste of the gospel in action. So what about you? Will you go on this journey to discover your gifts? Maybe you know what your gift is, but you know it needs to be developed more and ultimately needs to be deployed Look for the clues and the evidence from your life that's pointing to your specific design. You've got to go back into your story. Go back into those moments. What are you good at that brings a level of satisfaction to your soul when you're doing it and brings a smile to God's face? Keep moving in that direction. I hope that you'll find your place relationally and practically in the church the body of Christ. And you'll have the freedom to share your story and discover what makes you, you. Develop and deploy your giftedness for the benefit of all and the glory of God. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the grace that you've extended to us Lord, that you have decided to include us in the process of redeeming your creation. That you've gifted each one of us specifically and intentionally on purpose so that we could live into that design and express you in everything that we do. Yes, Lord, there are some things that we just have to do, but God, I pray that you would help us to discover what we must do. What we're born to do, what we're made to do. God, I pray that you would work in our hearts, show us where we need to maybe change course a little bit, make an adjustment, help bring the people into our spheres of influence that need a little help, that need a little nudge that could use someone speaking encouragement into their life, that could ask good questions, that could observe and really truly listen for the gifts that you've already placed, that we would help the people around us become who they already are. God, I pray that it would go so much beyond career, so much beyond this life, we'd be about advancing your kingdom. Making you known and knowing you at a greater level.
death because of the way that we're seeing you expressed through each of these unique and varied gifts. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.